John, let me ask you this. Have you ever mispronounced uh, an important name in pop culture or whatever in front of other people and they kind of look at you like, what? What did you just say? And then you immediately um, realize you screwed something up and you're, you're trying to backpedal. Oh, no, that's what they call it in France. It's... Hmm. Yes. Well, yeah. maybe not. May, I can't think right now of if I've ever done it to, for anyone in pop culture, but I know I've done it for someone in sports. And I sounded like <laughs> such a dope. It was back when, like, it was back in, like, the mid-90s. Randall Cooningham. The best. He was a, he was a goalie. He was the best goalie in the NHL, and his name was Patrick Waugh. But I guess he's like French Canadian, so his last name looks like Roy. And I was like, oh, my favorite hockey player is Patrick Roy. <laughs> and I'm around all these idiot hockey fans, like Patrick Roy. Bleh! I was like, what? They're like, it's Patrick Waugh. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> doesn't look that way. My favorite baseball player is Pete Rose. Like, like the cheap wine. It's not that bad. I did that about two years ago when uh, Adele came on the scene. Maybe it was three years ago. Whenever Adele came out, um, you know, you hear Adele's song, and I I saw her name, and I said, oh, her name's Adele. And I was talking to this guy, and he goes, did you hear the new song by Adelaide? And I said, oh, I thought it was Adele. He goes, no, no, it's Adelaide. So then I was talking to people, and I was like, yeah, I really like Adelaide. Who? Adelaide. What do you mean? Oh, you mean Adele? No, no, I mean the song from Sound of Music, you know, Adelaide, Adelaide, and I just tried to backpedal, it didn't work, and I always, I always try to salvage it. Sound of Music? Sound of Music, and it's not even Adelaide, it's Yodele, but I was back, I figured they didn't see the movie, only myself and gay people have watched Sound of Music, so I was like, I'm safe with this group of people. Sound of Music, never seen it. Blasphemous! <laughs> You've seen it. Is that blasphemous? It looks so gay. You know, it's funny. One night I was Not hanging out with uh, just dumb. It's I was hanging out with Biscardian Claws, and we were uh, maybe like 15 years ago. We were driving around all night. One of those like late night. My dad was traveling. I was staying at his house. I was like, yeah, we'll nice. go. You know, stay there. We'll drink all night. Just three wild guys with a dicks up. Trash the place. And uh, Biscard and I ended up. Opening up a bottle of wine and watching Sound of Music at six in the morning, oh, and Claus left, God. and he goes, "I'm I'm going home." And I go, "Why don't you get some sleep? We've been driving all night." He said, you "This is the gayest situation yes. I've ever been in. You two, Biscardi's <laughs> opening wine, and you're firing up Sound of Music. I'm oh. leaving." Oh. oh, it was pretty bad. And that was that the first time you ever watched it. No, no, I've seen it. I've watched it as a kid and stuff like that, but... Yeah, I never was... watched that. Listen to this. Never watched that. Yeah. Ooh! And Mary Poppins. Those oh, that, I get that. It, where, like, it would come on, and then you know. Yeah. ADD, yeah. if there's a, a Batman action figure in the room, the movie is, like, in the background. There's a spider on the wall. <laughs> it's yeah. an arachnid. There's a blinking Christmas ornament that I find interesting. <laughs> I didn't flush. I uh I just watched Mary Poppins like two years ago for that reason alone. I was like, you know what? I never saw it. I'm just going to Netflix it just so oh, I can put really? it to the list. Just so I can say I've seen it. Just to get it off the list. Just I to hear you. Check it off the Rolodex. Check mark. Check mark. I, uh, I really like the one with Tom Hanks. The What is it? Mr. Uh, Wilson or Mr. Oh, Mr. Banks. Banks. Yeah, that was awesome. Haven't seen it, man. I was really curious about that film when it came out and I kind of forgot about it. 
she's great. I forget her name, that actress who's just good in everything. Uh, and Tom Hanks is awesome, as Walt Disney is always. Makes Walt Disney look like the greatest and happy, you know, it's Tom Hanks. It's not yeah. Walt Disney, it's just Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Bang! So good. Yeah, um, he's a great actor, man. He's good at everything he does. So you're watching some games tonight. You got some Spurs on, some Lakers, Warriors, Celtics. Celtics. Um, Van Gundy. Who what is it? It's Stan and Mike Van Gundy. Jeff Van, Jeff Van Gundy, the announcer. He used oh. to be a coach at the Knicks. Now he's an announcer. Al Bundy. He's, he said, uh, <laughs> he said that the Celtics would win tonight. So I click over to watch the uh, Lakers-Spurs game, but it hadn't started yet. So they were broadcasting the uh, the Celtics-Warriors game. And, it, and the Celtics were up by one, and there's like seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I was like, uh-oh, here we go. You know, Whack-a-mole. 23-0 this season, and the Celtics are getting better as a team. Game ends up, ends up going into double overtime, and the Warriors just – pressed their foot on their throat and won and I think they wow. won by like five. Hundred and twenty four to one nineteen. Twenty four and oh. This was at the garden, right? Yes, at the garden. Garden cat pack your cat in the cat pack a dip 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 looks good now. Ugh. Worst accent. Well second worst. Well what is the worst accent in Minnesota. Your- hands down. You know so all that don't you know Ugh. You know, oh. I binged I binged Fargo last weekend, and that nice. is all the accents they have in that show. Yeah, it wears on you after a while. Kirsten Dunst and that accent—it's a little much. It gets you. Uh, it, Sarah Palin has like the hybrid Minnesota oh, yeah. Alaska accent. It's oh. just—it's awful. It's gross. What's what's the first worst worst accent for you? French. Sadly, we oui, oui. I, mean, you know, you know, I love the French people. I love their food and their pastries and the Eiffel Tower and all that's great. Uh, but wines. they have the worst accent. It just sounds like there's something in their throat. It's flemmy. Like a. We we about these two luckless humans. I was just watching Cops before we came on. That was the delay holding up the show. It was Cops in Boynton Beach. Florida. Get the hell out! It of was here. great. They arrested Get a guy. The hell out of here. They arrested a black dude for buying drugs off an undercover, and uh, uh, they pulled him over and like, "What you got here?" Uh oh. Uh, uh, you know. Oh, it's you a serious? little crack ruck. Uh, did you bite off those guys over there? What if I told you they were officers? And he goes, "No, I I I gave him money for it." The <laughs> cop said, "Yeah, you you bought it from him." No, I gave him money. Oh, you gave money for in exchange for goods? Okay, you can go. Oh, yeah. Point and Beach, oh, though. Mind. They were gentlemen, man. Gentlemen. I really want you to get arrested beach. so I can watch on cops. No. Point and Beach. Serious. Yes. Point wow. and Beach. Yeah, That's it's great. scary. I need it more in my life. Do they have it was the minor day? offenses. There wasn't any, like, serious crime. It was like a guy buying a rock, you know. Dude, I had to go... Uh down oh, I had to take Heather to the airport today at like 1 o'clock oh. and Fort Lauderdale airport is about a 40 minute drive south on 95 during you know Friday 1 o'clock like everyone's taking late lunches on Friday because they're usually skipping out early anyway you know it's December everyone's cutting out early yeah. every week we're all asleep at the wheel yeah we're all like just get to the new year and we'll just start this thing over uh, asleep at the wheel it's perfect 
Um, so I drive her down there and I get, uh, I drop her off and I'm coming back and I have to pee and I need a bottle of water cause I'm just dying. I'm parched. So we stop at a seven 11, we go in there, I use their public restroom oh. and I come out and there is this woman, pure crackhead. Like I would bet every penny that I own that she is a crackhead and that she's looking for crack at this very moment because she's walking up and down the aisles in 7-Eleven going, shit, 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 I got to get this. I got to get this. I got to get this. Shit, I got to get this. And there's, you know, the guy that's obviously with her too, some other maniac going, where are you going, girl? Where are you going? He's like an overweight, like he's got like a beer gut. Oh. Uh, like a huge beard. He was on cops. He's got like a golf shirt on, like khakis that are like dark, you know, like brown khakis, and like sneakers and a bandana. <sighs> I was like, you loser. I think I saw them cops tonight. And they they walked out of the 7-Eleven. They're pacing up and down Sunrise Boulevard, like, you know, back and forth. Like, oh, we got to go this way. Well, we should probably go this way because this way is closer. Maybe, you know, Bobby has it over there on the street corner. Maybe they were casing the joint or the trying to buy Slurpee. Oh, that's Dylan. Maybe they were what? Casing the joint. Yeah. Yeah, they were undercover. They were <laughs> great undercover cops. But yeah, some amazing basketball on tonight. Uh, but not so much the Lakers and the Spurs because they're uh, that's going to be a blowout. It's already like a 16-point game. What does a 7-Eleven restroom look like? Because they don't really advertise it. You have to kind of ask. It's like a grocery store restroom. You debate whether you should go. You have to go like upstairs through like an employee lunch room. It is a shot in the dark. You don't yeah. know which one's going to have them or which one is like, you know, fuck this. We're not letting the public use this thing to yeah. blow coke off the back of the toilet three in the morning. <laughs> um, the, the one that I went to, I was familiar with because – you know, I lived in Fort Lauderdale for three years, so I know I know which ones have good toilets. So I stopped at that one on oh, my yeah. way back from dropping Heather. And the worst part is the whole time we get into the car here at Boynton Beach, Heather's car, and because mine's got like all this shit in it, and I had to take her and her friend, so I didn't have room in my car. So we take Heather's car. It's on E. As oh. soon as we get on 95, the light comes on. So I'm driving, you know, oh. 80 miles an hour no. for about like 30 miles in rush hour traffic with no gas, like just panicking, watching that. You're running on prayer. Go lower and lower and break oh. off. And so I drop her off and then I fly around and I get gas at the 7-Eleven, use the 7-Eleven and, uh, and drive back. Dude, That's a sweaty time when you're in there, too. It's like running late for a flight. You, you get sweaty, the brow starting to fire, and then you start wondering, what do I do? Like, it's just, oh, it's such a bad feeling. It's like not knowing where your wallet is. That's what you, exactly. Or if you and got like, somebody pregnant. It's it's, it's awful. I'm like, I'm like, the gas is getting lower, and, uh, you know, I can't stop and get gas because what if I, we, what if there's traffic and I can't get them to the airport on time? Right. Or you run so into a crackhead of cops. Going. I got to just keep going. I'll keep going. What if we run out of gas? I don't know. Call <laughs> Uber now. <laughs> and everywhere you turn, they're just filming another episode of Cops. You're like, come on. Come on. 
But that's when I saw the crackheads when I stopped at that Seven Eleven. We had that to do was- it. That's crazy, man. Yeah, when you uh, when you're running low on that, you know, L.A. it's bad too. I'd imagine South Florida's got a lot of traffic. L.A.'s got traffic all the time, and if you're oh. running late, it's kind of adding to it. But if you're low on gas, I mean, just oh. stopping to get gas could be like 20 minutes out of your way because you're waiting to yeah. turn and get in there. Yes, one ways. Yeah, it's a mess. It's crazy, Johnny. It's crazy. So let me ask you this: After you leave work, okay, on a uh, a Friday. Yeah. You got trapped. How long of a drive is it to get home? Um, well, I only work like a mile up the street from where I live, so it's it, it's not bad. Okay. Uh, but where I used to work when it was a like a thirteen mile commute could have been anywhere from like an hour and a half. Ooh, thirteen mile. Yeah, dude, that could be rough. Rough. Um, so when you leave work, you should perspire. And you go and you get home. Like, how long ago did you get home tonight? Well, I had to go. I had to make a pit stop after work. I had to drop off a Santa outfit um, <laughs> to somebody for a party. Do you hate making pit stops on the way home from work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get home. Yeah. And in fact, it, I'll put it off like an idiot, ADD. Yep. But I need to get gas. You know what? I'm going to do it after work. After I work ten hours and I'm tired, yeah. that's the time to make some stops. Yeah. And it always seems to me like my gas is low and my cell phone's ready to die at the same time. Yeah. They're like in sync with each other. Oh, money. Oh, I'll just call her. Oh, we're out of cell power. Oh, I got to take a piss too. That's Oh, I'm hungry. Now I'm irritable. I filled up my gas tank yesterday, but my battery on my phone went down and now my gas tank is empty. How what happened? Happen? Help me. Help me. That's so the worst. When, when you get home, like you did tonight. Jerk off. Do you feel... Do you need like time to like unwind? Oh like, yeah, de- decompress. Yeah, I can't just switch gears. I gotta. I need like a half an hour buffer zone to deregulate. You know. Yeah, and what Get are you doing? The, uh... You know, I usually just chill out for a little bit. Uh, Watch TV. Yeah, like like yourself, I would imagine. There's work Clark, and then there's like Clark Clark. And yes. work Clark is like, you know, professional and this and that. Yeah. So I'm suppressing like the ADD, Efficient. the creative thoughts all day. Yes. So I have to like catch up to, to, to liar Clark. To, yeah. you know, I that's love. the Clark I love. I know. And he's dying, Johnny. He's dying, Johnny. No, I, so yeah, I need to, to regulate a little bit. I have a theory where each hour you spent of the day working, uh, you need to kind of, you know, balance out the books a little bit and have some time for yourself. Um, so that's why I stay up so late every night. Is I, I can't just be a machine and work and then come home and be like, I'm going to bed. I need to, you know, do some writing, watch some TV, just kind of chill out a little bit. Maybe make some stuffed roasted peppers and uh, just kind of chill, you know, do your thing. Have a little me time. Have you made stuffed roasted peppers? Oh, so good. Have you? Yeah, I made them once. No way. I made them once. Counts. They didn't Wait. come out that good, but it was good. <laughs> you like the stuffed peppers. You know what I'm talking about, right? The peppers with the good. hamburger meat in it? Yeah, and the cheese on top. Oh. Gr- what kind of peppers? What color? Uh, green. These were the uh, yeah, green peppers. I recommend the orange. They're my faves. I recommend green peppers on pizza, like mango and mango, the most overrated slices in the world. Now, I saw this on The Face, and yeah. you... I forget what happened. I know they changed their name. Somebody got sued. What's the backstory on that first? So Manko and Manko, the backstory is 
Well, the reason I shared it was I know it would create a bit of a conversation, which I want to talk about later on. Is I had to delete a Facebook post this week because it created quite a stir with others, not with myself, but we'll get to that. So Manko and Manko. Step by uh, step. Plan by plan. So Manko and Manko, I don't think is bad pizza at all. I think it's good boardwalk pizza. I think if that place were dropped anywhere else in the world, it would it would just I think it's mediocre. I don't think it's great. It's the atmosphere that it's in. It exactly. It's the atmosphere. So it's good. They got the purple boxes, this and that. But um so they're in through some trouble right now, which we can get to. But the backstory with them is they had I guess the original owners, uh Anthony Mack and Vincent Manko founded the chain in fifty six. Uh, and up until 2011, as you know, it was Mac, Mac and Mango. But the partnership between the two families ended. There were some feuds. So Charles Bangle, what? the son-in-law, which he's not even Italian. Kind of discredits you right there. He looks like What's an accountant. Name? Charles Bangle. Bangle? And they're in trouble for tax evasion. If that were the mob, they would never be in trouble. They know how to hide money. Right. But this guy takes over, and, and four years later, he's being sentenced. So, oh. so they earned the chain. They had four chains, and they earned about five million dollars a year, co- uh, collectively. Four point five million dollars annually. The the chain made. I guess there's four Manco and Manco. Yeah. Uh, restaurants. Are they all on the yeah. boardwalk? Uh. Probably two of them are. Uh. Come on, John. We used to go to Surf Ball and touch some butts. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just touch me? No, I was looking at the Jurassic Park poster. I'm 12. No, I just didn't have any room to walk anywhere else. It's very crowded in here. Can I get the eating leg lighter? There's two of them on the boardwalk, and then there's one called Mac and Manco and Manco Pizza 2. T-O-O. Then there's Mac and Cheese and Mac 10. Mac 10. All right. Um, yeah, okay. Anyway. Summer's point. So, wait, why why is the guy getting sued? So, Charles Bangle, who's the... Uh, yeah, Bangle. Bangle. Kind of oh, oper- he, the- he operates the chain. He's the owner. And they're being charged for tax evasion um, oh. over the past couple of years. And his wife made some statements to IRS, to the IRS agents uh, investigating the case. And it looks like they just, you know, trying to put money away, did it quite foolishly. And now uh, they're, they're convicted of it. And they're being sentenced yeah. next year, so they're going to go to jail. Pled guilty. Idiots. I think that'll work so, out for them, though. They probably got a good lawyer. They got money. I mean, he'll probably do a year in white-collar prison. Yeah, you think? Five million a year. God, dude, that place is packed 24-7 on the boardwalk. You would think yeah. they'd make more than that. It's a staple. Yeah. And I do like... The swirly cheese yes. and the crispy crust. So I it's guess good. it's overrated because it it literally is the only chain on the boardwalk. I, th- I think the fact that there's two of them makes it more, I don't know. You can't dominant. franchise, Johnny. You'll lose quality. I'm getting chubby just thinking about that swirly, <laughs> swirly cheese. Swirly, it's good. Song. No, I, you know what? And a swirly, swirly cheese. And a swirly, it's a swirly, swirly. We should write their uh, their jingle, their commercial. Yeah, sweet tea. Their yeah, jingle. man. I I don't think it's overrated for uh for what it is, but I I do think if that was in the middle of you know Doylestown, Pennsylvania, or 
you know, Nutley, New Jersey, or Phil, it wouldn't be that good. But because of where you are in the atmosphere, it's kind of, it's kind of the thing. The interesting thing is, uh, Matt DeWitt, fellow podcaster, he, uh, he claims to be a pizza connoisseur. Well, huh. he did at one point, like 15 years ago, and now it haunts him to this day because anytime anyone sees them, and they have some sort of weird pizza story to tell. They bring it up and they tell him all about I it. I found a worm at Domino's. He has to feign his interest. Yeah. You know, when it's like someone knows you like something, so that's all they talk to you about. Right. It's like, oh, dude, right. I, I like Star Wars. Hey, John, Wars you like hats? I like, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, well, I have this hat and I have that. I'm not interested in your hat collection, just mine. Yeah. I don't think hat collecting is like my Okay. Thing. Stop it. Um, what was I saying? Get me back on track. Matt DeWitt. Pizza connoisseur. Uh, People like to says, uh, chatter. He says, I believe, that Mac and Manco's is his number one, number two pizza of all time. Or maybe at least like in Jersey. Oh. So he we'll made his to, favorite. I'll have to get him on here and, and, and bother him more about pizza. I think if it's a matter of opinion, you can say anything you want. You can say, you know, CB West lunchtime pizza was my favorite. But if he's a true connoisseur, a connoisseur, I don't think he would say, or I wouldn't say, I should say, it's the best of all time. He's obviously never had a pizza, um, right, at um, other places. What would but you it say is a staple. Is number one? Well, it's got to be a brick oven pizza. It can't be a gas. It's got to be brick oven. All right. Um, there was a place called Maria Rosa, uh, which was Maria in Jersey. Rosa. Where is that? It's in. It's outside of Flemington, but they would grow their own vegetables. Biscardi knows about it too. They grow their own oh, vegetables. Man. It was brick oven. It was delicious. Um, there's a place out here. The best pizza is Mulberry Street Pizza because the what makes. I worked at a pizzeria for a couple of years, so I know a little bit about pizza. Okay. The water is what makes the dough good, and there's a place out here called Mulberry Street. And they actually import the water from the east coast and the bova cheese and they make it Ooh. brick oven it's like 25 dollars a, a, a large plane but it's worth every bite but um sounds wonder it's good yeah you have to get the right ratio of cheese per sauce capita per sauce capita so it's good yeah try to do that. how about yourself are you a uh you got any good joints down there i'm trying to actually pull up a a pizza this is crazy a pizza um, recipe from our friend on Instagram on the front burner. Ooh. Make sure to, to check her out and follow it. Really healthy, like alternative foods that are so easy to make and cheap and healthy. And God, this pizza here is amazing. She took a spaghetti squash and like just scraped Ooh. all the, you know, the inside out. And kind of like put it on a frying pan and made like a, a pancake almost out of it. And then put sauce and cheese on it and made a pizza out of it. Oh, that sounds great. It's amazing. Look, here's the picture for you. Uh, Ooh. But for the listeners, go to onthefrontburner.com. Er, on, the on the front burner on Instagram. She's on the gram of Instant? Yes, yeah, she is Insta? on. She's awesome. My friend Steph down here in South Florida. Come on. Thanks, Steph. Yeah, on the front burner. Yeah, man, pizza's tricky sometimes. It's uh, depending on where you are, you can get some really bad slices. 
L.A. doesn't mm. have good pizza. You have to go to like specialty places that were founded from somebody on the East Coast that knows what the hell they're doing. Just right. like you can't get good Mexican food on the East Coast, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. We have a flautist Mikey. Yeah. That's a tortilla with with pancake syrup in it. Eat oh, it. Flautus. Yeah. But yeah, man. So yeah, be interesting yeah, to have. Uh, yeah, Dewitt's always uh, was welcome to come on. Yeah, I I did I Stay text with him. I text with him all day uh, and. And sometimes with him and Agnew on like a group thing. And nice. sometimes we're doing the show in a group text. I'm like, guys, what? Why aren't we on the air anymore? And Agnew won't respond. And DeWitt says, because I don't want to offend the world. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, like group text, sometimes Everything. it's like anything goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took like, a shower this morning. I'm offended. I'm very, very offended. That was a great show, man, the John and Agnew show. I was a, I was a dedicated listener. I'd be curious to see uh, listen to some of those old episodes. They're 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 not online anymore. I know. I I've asked Agnew uh, how the heck I find them, and he didn't respond. But then we'll just be talking about something else. Yeah. We'll just change the subject. I don't know. So I don't know why aren't we like on the air anymore? Kid, he's got a kid now. I don't I don't know what that world involves. It, it, no. Apparently, it's very. Apparently, he's very. Um, he's very like, you know. I feed my baby seven ounces of baby food at seven in the morning, and, I sh- and, and the ingestion period should take place within one minute and 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, his mom was babysitting, and she told my mom that story, and my mom told me, you know, the whole chain. And, the incubation um, must I'm only like, last for 3.5 of the circumference yeah. between the digestion period, the incubation aftermath. And the recreation of the feces. Agnew knows when the when his baby poops by like a timer, like a bell should be out, and it like is because he's like what? studied. <laughs> Agnew forgets to do his taxes, but he can tell you like yeah. the weight, you know, of a grape that was regurgitated. That's funny, dude. I know. People with kids are funny. They change like overnight, as you would, as as you should to a degree. I mean, you really should. You know, shape up. If I had a kid tomorrow, they'd, they'd be taken away if I didn't change. You know, like you'd have to. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have some, to change. Someone who you think could like barely take care of themselves, all of a sudden is taking care of another human. Is raising a family. It's interesting how it just switches like that. Remember growing up, you you always have that one kid in school in high school. It's like, hey, are we allowed to? You know, we're all going to Billy's after school to have some beers. Oh, or there's parents home. Yeah, but he's got a cool dad. They have a cool dad, which means their parents are just losers. You know, (laughs) anyone that has a cool dad when you're like between 13 and 15, they just didn't give a shit. Or they're absolutely like clueless out there. Yeah. My friend, my really good friend who I became, well, I'm not really close with him anymore, but in high school, we became like really good buddies really quick. Because we both decided like we should drink before the football games. Nice. So I'd go to his house before football games and you could walk to the stadium. And his parents, man, they were checked out. We would just like do shots in the kitchen just with a bottle of vodka <laughs> and a shot glass. And they just like were sitting there watching TV having no idea what we were doing. Wait, they didn't know at all? They, had, they were just like, hi guys, you having fun? <laughs> We'd be like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> And People just are taking so... a shot of vodka, like just sitting there, like acting like we're just talking and hanging out. And you'd be doing shots. 
doing shots How of do you vodka not at like 17. Oh my gosh. People and are like that, man. So I don't remember, you know. Cool, dad. Growing up, because I went to Catholic high school also. So those parents. Yeah, they cared. Pretty strict. Yeah, and they cared. They love their kids. The only guy who I think's parents or his dad, I don't even know. I never saw his mom. Uh, he didn't give a shit, but that was the guy that was the weed dealer. The only weed dealer at oh, Lansdale yeah. Catholic. Wayne Volpe. Wait, any relation to the Lowe's? No, <laughs> no. But I remember like laughing inside when I first met the guy. Huh. I was like, Volpe, Volpe. There was a like, kid I knew in high school who grew weed in his attic and he had a uh, he had a pot plant, and I guess his parents found it. And he told his mom it was a science experiment, and it's a plant, and, and he's doing photosynthesis. And nice. she's like, oh, okay. I'm like, how naive can you be? This kid's growing. You don't know what a pot plant looks like? You haven't seen The Chronic? And all of a sudden, he's... I was like, wow. That's a really good cover-up, though, right away, on the spot. You and I are probably pretty good at some good cover-ups on the spot. We're immediately in a lie. You just say, oh, no, it's because of this. And we, you and I don't stutter much. We're pretty good with covering our asses very quickly. I, um, <clears throat> I used to always tell people, but when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, I kind of discovered that I have this like Rolodex of excuses of kind of like answers, general statements if I get caught in doing something I'm not supposed to be doing or something like that. Right. Because... I got in trouble so much when I was a kid, you know, when I was younger, second grade, third grade, fourth, fifth, sixth. I mean, we were terrorists. But with all that experience, it, like, trained me to, like, be ready like a like a six-shooter. Like a like a ninja Sith. Like a, yeah, like a ninja Sith. It, it, it prepares you for battle. Get you ready. I know. I'm always ready. The key is it's not a lie. If you believe it. It's almost like if you're about to do something that you know could like backfire, there's this tiny little voice in your head that says, well, if someone has a problem with this, here's what you'll say. Here's how you'll justify it. And then then you drive forward and you're like, see what happens. (laughs) The defense has rusted. (laughs) And it's all this. You always have to remain calm. Like you could get caught sending a text to someone that you shouldn't have. And as soon as you see you did it, you just respond with like, well, is that what you wanted in there? Or do you want to change that line? Oh, so I was, oh, hey, what's up? I was, I'm writing a line for the, my buddy's sketch. I'm trying to just, you know, whatever it takes, you just got to m- remain calm. That's a good To give one. you enough time. Commit completely. Like barrel through with it. Yeah. That's a good one though. Or did you want it to say something else? Oh, right. sorry. Wrong text. Is that the lyric? You know, and you can even dig for it. Like if you say, say say you say somebody's, I I mean, I haven't done this, but say you say somebody's name wrong, like a girl, you say another girl, you could always be like, oh, well, you know, it's from Melissa by the Allman Brothers. I didn't, did you, you're not listening to that? Oh, I thought that I'm listening to it right now. And then you start like doing lyrics and stuff like that. Make them feel like the dumbass when they're done. So they never question you again. You just throw them off completely. Completely. Well, you what dangle you something. About? You dangle something in front of them. Like, well, I thought that you mooned that kid Bill last week. Well, I didn't do that. <laughs> well, then why did Jim say so? Meanwhile, they're trying to figure out what the hell they did that they're forgetting yeah. the problem you started with. Yeah. Manipulation. 
<laughs> words. What? What? I uh, I think we're gonna reach our fifty goal threshold of episodes for this year. We're at forty six now. This will be forty seven. Okay. All right. So three more after this. In. Oh, okay. We have like three weeks. I think we should turn it up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe go for fifty five. Maybe oh. go for 155. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'll join us next week. Yeah, yeah. It's the end of the show. And we're done. Yeah. We, we, we um, record them all in one day, but we uh, break it up. But we're still not, like, good at doing that. So it's like New Year's Eve, and I'm like, happy December 13th, everybody. I mean, yeah. turn the numbers around. Uh, don't We don't know what we're doing. Hey, but. what did you want to talk about um... – Oh, the Mac and Mancos post, but then there was another post that you wanted to talk about. Yes, I uh, I posted something about Trump the other day. Yes. And it was, uh, you know, Donald Trump has pissed oh, off. offended everyone. Yeah, you know, Trump's pissed off women, Jews, black people, Muslims, Mexican. Mexicans. Everybody except white, you know, rich white men, he's, he's pissed off. And he's pissed off them too, Republicans, Democrats. So I kind of put it out there tongue in cheek. I don't. I don't take Trump seriously, um, right? Because I have a theory about Trump. I can't believe anybody does. Right. I want to talk to you too about a theory about Trump and see. Get your take on the subject. My nursery. But uh, nursery. I do have insight. So I put that thing on there, and uh, Jen's cousin Tojo. Tojo. To- that's like his nickname. He's a okay. good dude. He's a, he was a bad dude at one point. He's a big, like, tattoos everywhere, Ooh. Mexican guy. I'll leave it at that. Okay. And he's, but he's very, he's say. a good guy. He's very, you know, down to earth now and grounded and, and all that. He's righteous. So <laughs> he put, he's the most liberal, like, guy I know. And he put something about that. And then this guy, you know, Ken Pettigrew, who, uh, Oh, is that the most, guy, man, he is a dirtbag. He's a fucking nut he job. He is a troll. He is a human, man-sized troll. He's Trump with a big neck and no yes. hair. And no hair. And not famous. And he uh, <laughs> he put that, he said something that was like so, so, you know, so uh, ignorant. And he said uh, something about get oh, him out of like, here. Immigrants should go. And. You know, Jen's family hails from immigrants, so I take offense to that too, as we all do. You know, and he said, uh, "Paul Tojo said, uh, you know, well, uh, I guess it's, uh, I guess your parents were Native Americans, which is funny because Jen has Apache in her, so technically Uh, she does." Paul can say that because he is part Native American, and 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 Ken goes, uh, "Well, more American than you, right? At least they're legal." It's like, but. Being legal has nothing to do with immigration. You could be uh, a le- if you become a citizen, technically you're illegal. Anyway, it got out of control, and it was like all this bashing. I was like, you know what? I gotta uh, delete really? this before, like, it gets out of control. I so I just deleted that. it. And uh, I'll tell you what, man. Some of these people get so bent out of shape with Facebook, and I look at Facebook like a video game. I'm yes. just gonna hop on and type some things, and then I'm gonna go leave. It's it's amazing, and this is I just realized this. When okay, the only people that are posting on Facebook, complaining on Facebook, and arguing on Facebook, are the people 
that are on the right side of the political world. I don't see liberals bitching and moaning about stuff. I only see Republicans. And I'm telling you, man, I am as down the middle. I can't, I don't know enough about each side to pick one. And each has a valid argument on a zillion different topics. But from my perspective, it looks like Republicans bitch and moan. And that shows their level of intelligence, that that's what they do on Facebook. Yeah, they're making it so it's, they're making the most noise because they're in a minority that's losing the battle. So it's like, what do you do when you're in an argument with someone and they really nailed you and you're very angry and you have nothing to fall and you just start screaming out, well, you're a faggot, you're a fucking idiot. I mean, there's people that still believe in deny climate change and think that. All immigrants need to – I mean radical, radical ideas that would destroy this country if you actually embrace that. And science and the majorities and everything's turning – you know, shutting down these arguments, turning down. So what do they do? They have to make noise. Well, Obama's born in Kenya. Change the subject. Yeah, you got to distract them. You know, here's a carrot. And I, and I always think that Gandhi, the, the greatest quote of all time, do you want to be – if you want some you sort of change – if you want some sort of change, then go get off your lazy, loudmouth ass and go change it. Be like be be yourself, and the change you wish to see. I agree, man. Yeah, you got to do it. And you're right, though. There are, in my opinion, there there are valid arguments on on both sides. I just there's a uh, an overwhelming majority of people that you know don't speak up. That are you know get the idea they're intelligent, and then you have a very small minority of poor, typically white trash Southern folks who think that the answer to all their prayers is uh, deporting Mexicans and right. uh, bombing ISIS. I mean, I don't know who would be doing all the. Now, this isn't a racist comment. This is a comment of pure fact from where I live, I don't know who would be doing the yard work in Florida. Because remember, the yard work never ends in Florida. It's summer all the time. So shit just grows and grows and grows and has to be cleaned and maintained. Yeah, it rains like twice a day there. They're all Mexicans. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with all of them coming over here and continuing to help out or doing something else. It's been a negative. It's been a – there hasn't – there's been a zero net – gross of Mexicans in the last five or seven years of illegal immigrants coming here, meaning there's more either becoming citizens or leaving or dying than there are coming in. Like, it's not even a huge problem to me. And if you're going to say, uh, I mean, you know what it is, they're taking all of our sweet cherry picking jobs. I mean, come on. Matthew, if I could just chime in here because uh, I want to hear your theory on me in a minute. <laughs> it, all, it all doesn't matter. As long as they're raking in the green, let them come on in. Let them come on. As long as they're making some bacon, raking in some bacon, bacon, be the challenge. I think it's funny that they want to deport Mexicans because, first of all, it would take forty years. Some some analyst did some kind of study of how that would play out. It would take forty years. It's going to be like 
All right, like a like a fire drill at St. Right. Elementary. All right, let's just get Line all up. the Mexicans together and get over on the other side of the border. Yeah, what are they going to do? Just just say, all right, you know, we're going to leave. There would be anarchy. There'd be riots. There'd be police getting shot. I mean, it would be It'd the be worst civil, thing in the world. Be a civil war. It's the worst. So you and I should run for president and vice president in 2024. No way, man. We should just buy an island. And island. only if you're connected to us by blood or by brother. Or by semen. Uh, so what is your theory on what, – what's your theory on me? It's an incorrect statistic. Check your numbers, Clark. <laughs> what's my theory on what? On Trump. Oh, uh, I don't think he means a quarter or even half of the things he says. I think nope. – here's my theory on Trump. He's never held political office before, and he's with no. running against – most of them have – whether a governor yes. or a senator or assembly member or whatever that is. So Spine if he was going to run a clean campaign where he was going to say, well, here's what I would do. I would start reform with tax, the wealth gap, and this. They would run a train over him and tear him up. They would say, you don't have the experience. They would poke holes in his theory because, frankly, he doesn't know how to do those things because he hasn't – for someone that's never held political office in their life, to run for the president at the most powerful position in the world is very arrogant and stupid. But that's just right. my opinion. But my theory is that if he were Didn't to run Reagan a clean, do that? no, Reagan was governor of California for oh, years. Oh, that's right. That's he right. was a Democrat before he was Republican. I mean, he he knew his shit. Um, I like Lincoln. Nobody's ever been president with. I mean, you, you need experience in politics, and Trump doesn't have it. He was, you know, doing shows with Flavor Flav for, He's a for years. Owner. He's a business owner, which doesn't mean because you know how to run a business, which he doesn't. He's he, a lot of them went bankrupt. Doesn't make you a good politician. But anyway, beside the point, if uh, Trump's going to become, you know, run for president, if he were to run a clean campaign where he's going to say, I would do this, they would run a train over him. The only way right. he could keep the momentum going is to make as much noise as possible with outrageous facts to a very small uh, minority of people that will listen and believe him. So he has to say, like, I'll get rid of right. the Muslims, this and that. If you notice, whenever they actually grill him on the. Uh, on the logistics of his claims, it's always well, you know, I, I'll I'll have good people doing that, and we'll we'll look into that. And yeah, well, I, don't, people, I don't have, well, I don't have okay, a great. report in front of me on paper, Anderson. I don't have it in front of me. Sorry. Right. Then why say it? Then why would that that discredits you right away? Hey, Mister exactly. Clark, how would you fix the tax problem? Oh well, I would fix it. Well, how? Oh, I would I would just do it. I'm also going to. Uh, yeah. Stop climate change and um, yeah. give you a million dollars. How? I'm just going to do it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, if I want to do it, it'll get done. I'm the president of the world, uh, the United States. And he'll never win, too, because the popular vote doesn't mean shit. It's the electoral college that votes in. And Republicans and Democrats both hate him. So n n nobody's ever going to vote him in. I mean, he has to win a majority of Congress to ever become the president. They can't stand him. I've they can't said. stand him. Since the beginning when he announced it and it was like true and it was real, uh, I, I, I was like, this is a rib. This is Trump just, just being Trump. He doesn't care if he loses or wins. He's just going to do this because yeah, he, is, he is angry about the right topics. He just has no idea how to execute like fixing them. Right, right. Uh, not all the right topics, but some right. You know, I, I, yeah, well, no, it's true. Incorrect, like immigration, there should be some sort of, I don't know. It's like, okay, there are some things that everyone is pissed off about and has an opinion about, so he's going to get support no matter what. Right. But that's like as far as it goes. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just rhetoric. Yeah. It's just rhetorical. Rhetoric. rhetoric. Yeah, dude. What about, um, because we are now officially, well, in 12 minutes on the East Coast, less than one week away from the debut of the most anticipated film in a generation. Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Episode 7. Uh, I have my tickets for Saturday, 12.30 p.m., lunchtime, the day after it comes out. Nice! I'll have to avoid the internet for about a day, for about 24 hours. And uh, Heather and I are going, and uh, I can't wait. I watched this interview with J.J. Abrams, and it was such a, a great quote. He said, my favorite part of Star Wars is when Luke is standing there in Tatooine, and he's looking at, like, the sunset, and there's, like, two suns. Oh, so cool. And he's like, when I saw that scene, I remember, like, thinking to myself, holy shit, like, you can do anything in film. Like, anything is possible yeah. in, in the movie world. And I, I almost feel like that's true to me, because that scene, it looked so real, and it was so fake. Like, there's not two suns in the sky, but it looked like... What? It was so natural and real, and you're like, oh, my God, I could make a world with two suns. I can make a world with 19 moons, and, and then it just goes from there. Yeah, you're, you're in that movie world, and, ah, dude, it's the beauty of, of cinema and, and movies. Once in a while, it's so funny. I'll watch a film, and then I'll be self-aware and go, I'm not watching something real. I'm watching actors and a right. script, Same. and within, like, a minute, I always – forget that and then I'm lost in the movie again like if it were anything else like a, a play or something I'd be like ah it's you know I'll yeah. enjoy it but I know what it is with movies like I always I mean unless it's really shitty that you just turn it off you always kind of just enter that world and be a part of it which is why it's such a great it'll never go away you know oh well I mean yeah that's that's like the uh, Star Wars that's the whole thing with, with TV and movies you kind of Yes. And Kingman Productions YouTube channel featuring the podcast episodes, at least four of them. I was watching uh, Coffee Pie News today. That's one of my favorites, by the way. I think that one, uh, you should just do a, a weekly segment of Montgomery and the Coffee Pie where he just constantly gets cut off <laughs> being like politically incorrect. Interesting <laughs> you said that, man. I actually storyboarded something last night where he would be – it was Coffee Pie News. I watched it too because I'm pathetic and that's what I do at 2 in the morning is watch videos of myself. was uh, – the same thing. Coffee pie news, but he brings, you know, people on like once a week. He'll bring like a guest on, whether it's like an actor, a musician, whatever. And uh, but he's still in the 1930s, so you know, someone will be like, "Well, you know, I'm doing a benefit for the uh, LGBT rights." LGBT? What? What you mean? BLT? Bacon, lettuce, and tomato? Well, Jack, that sounds swell. No, I mean lesbian, gay, bisexual, bisexual transgender. What do you mean, Finocchio? Cut! Yeah. I just can't do it. But I can't do it without John Hassinger. I need you out here. So we're going to have to incorporate this in the podcastle with our uh, you know, our radio scripts from the 50s and do it that way. Like, you yeah, can be a character and I'll be McGovern. Yes. And, you know. Yeah, dude, what about that script, that show? We should pick a date right now in the air. That way, you know, we could be accountable. accountable. We're a frame, yeah. Well, all right. So you have something to do tomorrow? What's your plans like tomorrow? Tomorrow I have something to do for a couple hours. When's um, that? From about 11 o'clock to, I'd say about 3 or 4. I had a, a party thing to go to tomorrow night, but I don't think I can make it. So I think I might be, sometime this weekend we'll make time for it. Because that's a, 
if you're home alone and you know, right, watching so home alone, here's the deal. Here's the deal. On Sat uh, tomorrow, here's the mail. Tomorrow, I'm going to dinner with like a big group of people, and then we're going back to my buddy's house for the Conor McGregor fight. And so that'll be at like oh. six. So we probably won't be able to like, you know, the times won't. You're match going up. to a catered affair at dinner reservation. What about what about Sunday? Sunday's great. Sunday, I'm just going downtown in the morning. Uh, Sunday afternoon's great. I'll be going to get some skicks, buying some new skicks. Um, skicks, we need money. It's three plugs right there. Write me a check. Gets home from uh, electric gets home from. She gets home from New York at like her flight gets in at like ten, Sunday night. So wait, I'll is, be she in, is she in the city? Is she, did she go to the island? She's in New York. I just talked about. I was talking about her the other day at work, and you in, in the in the context that I said my my buddy John's fiance is is Jewish and from Long Island, and she, you know she only lived there for I guess when she was a kid. But she has like a normal voice. But I always want her to come back and be like, you know, when I, when I meet her at the wedding and stuff, is is say, uh, John. Not without your car keys. Yeah. And John's like, you know, she doesn't really sound like that. And I'm like, just tell me it's Lorraine Bracco from Goodfellas. You're not going out tonight to watch your fight. You're going to stay <laughs> home here and clean back. And fight me. And fight me. The funny thing is she doesn't call me John. She calls me babe. But when she okay. was sick from her from our bedroom, she would yell, babe. <laughs> and, and one morning I was like... <laughs> Babe, can you please not call me that way? It's like nails on a chalkboard. She's yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry. And I always feel so bad, like, immediately afterwards. Yeah, but yeah. after, like, the 18th time, babe. <laughs> and I'd be like, what? Babe. Can you make me tea? Oh. Uh, dude, she had an ear infection. She's 28. Oh. She's, like, the oldest woman in the world who gets ear infections. They're the worst. Yeah, yeah, you don't have those in past, like, 12. I know. She's teething. Eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> her 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 adult teeth are coming in. Have you had chicken pox? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I was. I think I was about seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was right around that age too. Hey. That was the worst. There's a lot of talk in the sports world about this concussion movie with Will Smith. Yeah. About the the NFL and all the concussion stuff and Roger Goodell's like, you know, someone plays Roger Goodell in the movie. Right. I just you know watched the trailer for that. Did you really? Yeah. I haven't even He's seen He's got that horrible trailer. accent. Who does? Will Smith. Oh, no. Yeah, this what is the one where he does like the Jamaican accent, right? I think it's, yeah, I think it is a weird accent, but I've only heard like clips. I haven't seen the trailer yet. But there's a lot of talk about the uh, the uh, controversy of the concussions and the danger of the NFL. And people saying, you know, they don't want their kids to play football or there should be a rule where kids can't play football until they're 18. No. Because their, brain, their brains are – I'm like, yo. Stop first it. Of all, the kids that are smashing into each other when they're little aren't going to give the other kids concussions because they're little. Right. It's like. You're not going to get it from an 80-pound, you know, white kid. They don't want to play. Yeah, or if, you're, 
if you're getting paid, football is like modern day gladiating. Don't pussy it down. If you're getting paid millions of dollars, and one of the uh, one of the risks of the job you've chosen is uh, concussions, well, that's a risk you take. No one's putting a gun to your head and say, "Put the pads on, go out there." If you're a race car driver, they're going to say, "We well, need to keep the speed under 120." Or if you're a window washer on a high rise, they're going to say, well, you could fall. I mean, come on. Right. I don't feel bad for football players. They're getting paid very well. They know what they're doing. It's entertainment. I yeah. mean, don't. Yeah. Everything has a risk. What about firefighters? Right. They Their job is to fight fire. <laughs> they fight a creature named That's fire. The... They fight flamery. They fight the most important and most dangerous invention of man. They, discovery. <laughs> they fight lightning. Is is fire a discovery or a invention? Discovery. Discovery. Cause... Yeah, I guess because like volcanoes have fires. Mm-hmm. Like electricity was discovered. I I always mix that up too. I'd be like, Ben Franklin invented electricity. Like <laughs> he discovered it. I'm like, oh, God yes, invented true. electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Management flight. Real quick, back to movies and and plays and things like that. Do you watch a lot from the outside? Like you kind of always think of. Uh, I wonder what that was like when they were shooting it. You know, like on the other side of the camera. I don't watch a lot from the outside, but I watch a lot of the outsiders. The film with Tom Cruise and Patrick Swayze, like twice a day, it's addicting. The Outsiders. Yeah. No, I, I, I do. Never seen it. Not, not so much blasphemous. Forgivable. Forgivable. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Cool. Forgivable. Not so much blasphemous. Not so much blasphemous. Uh, not so much. Here and there, I find myself going, "Oh, I can see they shot this here." And okay, the whole movie takes place in a cabin, so the budget was low, despite the trailer saying it was like this. Uh, but yeah, some, sometimes I, I I do. How about yourself? Are you a that, for me? Thinker? That's how that's how I went. Oh uh, yeah, all the time. I always kind of like step back and look at it differently because you know I was obsessed with a video camera when I was like seven. Once I like the first time I saw it, it blew my mind. Oh, so yeah. I'm always uh, like even right now I'm watching Jimmy Fallon and I'm remembering how when you're there live it's so much smaller. Right. You know, like I saw Conan and Letterman. It's also much smaller in person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, Avatar. Uh, when I went, I saw Avatar in a movie theater by myself, and in like the middle of the day. And I remember watching the whole time, going, "Oh my God, how did they do that? How did they do that? How did they do that? How the hell did they do that?" This right. guy's face and eyes and voice is in this big blue. You know, it was just. It's so weird. cool. I was obsessed with. How does it? How do you do it? And to see the, uh, to see how they've done it behind the scenes and like how innovative some films were. Man. Like take for example Jurassic Park, which I I still maintain. I think personally the CGI Jurassic Park is better than a lot of CGI you see today. And the reason being is they blended they blended animatronics with CGI, which was very new at the time. And yes, I mean just really interesting stuff. That's what uh very technical. Abrams said he's getting, you know, he wanted to get back to in this new Star Wars. He didn't want to be, he didn't want it to be all digital, like the stupid prequels. Did he really? Yeah, that's why there's a lot of like puppets and like actual prop pieces 
that they oh, used. Yeah. And even this guy's real. BB-8. Look what I picked up, man. I love it. It's like a, it's like a, uh, a piggy bank. Oh, it's so cool. But it's decoration. They, they, they should do that more because it gives it more. I think it gives more credence to like movie magic. Like when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Nazi plane blows up. I've said this before, but that was a real explosion. That took, that took 11 cameras. Oh. It took, you know, 11 cameras. They had to get it just right. That was a real explosion by a pyrotechnic team where, you know, like Expendables, you're like, oh, the bullets are CGI. I guess, I guess the blood yeah. is too. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's it cheap. Almost... That's why. It's cheap to pay some kid to be like, I- I- I'm an avid right now, and I can do 11 composite CGI composers of this bullet as opposed to... You got you got a guy named Hank with a mustache and a tattoo of a whale on his face going, "We got to get the shot right because the explosions are going to go off and the stuntman." Is that who you saw in your head? A guy with a tattoo of a whale on his face. What kind of whale? Smoking like, sperm whale, like Moby Dick. Like a huge. Okay, not like yeah. the cartoon whale. That's no, just like no, a like, lump and a tiny tail. Yeah, he's he's badass. That. That's who you saw in your head. It just that that image just popped in your head. Did it tears too? No. Oh, I'm asking you. I mean, no, it it didn't. Like you just spit that. Shout out, out to like, Hank. Yeah, tattoo. Really you know, like a big muscular dude with a whale tattoo on his face. To him. To him. Hey, you know, you know, what I think makes a good film is uh, what it makes you care about a backdrop and a story that you normally wouldn't care about. For example, like Rocky, I particularly, you know, wouldn't care for boxing. I, it's, uh, you know, it's fun, but I'm not like a huge fan. But I love the Rocky movies. It makes you care about boxing, uh, like the movie Rush. I think Rush is like a perfect movie. Uh, not uh, 2013, Ron Howard. It's a race card movie. You know, it's about mm. true story. Yeah, I don't really care about Formula One in the 70s, but it's so perfect. You actually care about the story and the characters and. I think if it's a good the acting with a good enough script can make you care for like any backdrop, regardless of how uneventful you might interpret it in your everyday lives. I agree, but boxing movies are usually pretty good if you think about it. There's like a whole bunch of them. There are there are a few of them. Like the Raging fighter Pe- was a good Raging flick. Boner, or I mean Bull. Bull. That's uh, a good the flick. fighter. Uh, what's the other one? Million Dollar Baby. Yes. No, but the thing that makes those good, I agree, they're they're really good. Phenomenal. But if it was just about boxing, they would be boring. The thing that makes Rocky so good is it's about uh, an underdog struggle at an older age in boxing to rise out of poverty and actually make it. Raging right. Bulls, about a guy that was full of anger, uh, had infidelity problems, drug problems, you know, that became so bad that he lost everything and his, uh. trying to deal with that million-dollar baby – my point is, yeah, like boxing movies are cool, but it's the, the it's backdrop the story. that makes it good. Right. Yeah. It's just like Walking Dead. The zombies are the backdrop. Right, exactly. And Lost, the island is the backdrop. Right. It's really about the characters. And that's what J.J. Abrams is all about. Like and that's why I think this new Star Wars is going to be amazing. I predict it's going to be the biggest grossing movie of all time. It's going to surpass the Avatar. Now, Adam Driver... Also, like Biscardi, does not watch his work after he does it. Um, he's never watched any. He watched his first episode of Girls and was like, oh, like, 
all I kept looking at was all the things I wanted to correct and fix. He's like, so now I never watch back anything that I do. Oh. And, but everyone went and saw Star Wars, you know, like a big premiere kind of thing. Fans won a chance to go watch it with Adam Driver and Harrison Ford. To get and wild. Like, he, and afterwards, they interviewed him, Entertainment Weekly, and he said, it is so much better than the prequels. It's, a, it's, it's one of the best movies ever made. He's like, I'm not going to compare it to the original trilogy. I just, I don't think I compare anything to that. Yeah, you don't want to touch it. He's like, but this is so much better than the prequels. He's like, I, I stand by this movie. It's, a, it's incredible. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to hear that too. I mean, I think everybody's hoping, and I'm sure it will be better than the, the prequels, which sucked. Oh, God, dude. So there's this guy on YouTube, and it's called Anti-Cheese. It's the the Phantom Menace anti cheese version, Attack of the Clones anti cheese version, and Revenge of the Sith anti cheese version. This guy dwindles out about an hour of each of the three prequels. All the like lame, cheesy, boring, stupid parts that all the like real fans couldn't stand. Like there's hardly any nice. Jar Jar Binks, and Jar Jar Binks speaks in a language that has subtitles it's not his like weird remember his weird almost like racist oh. dialect yeah that he had. it was really awkward to it was watch phonics like and and just it was strange so he takes that out and cuts a lot of jar jar beans uh, jar jar binks scenes out so i've been uh i've been rushing through them all here i'm in the middle of revenge of the sith right now oh nice yeah how's the uh viewing experience it's, it's it's splendid, and it actually is. It's in it's HD and it's seamless. The guy did a really good job. This is on YouTube. Yeah, Jerry M West Dash Esquire. Oh yes, he's a an attorney at law. <laughs> he's got a uh, seventeen hundred followers, subscribers, but he does a real good job. Really good job. Hardcore fans out there. Sexual. Tweet us at the Spicy. podcastle at the Tweet underscore us. podcastle. Let us know what's going on. We've uh, always enjoy hearing uh, what the listeners, what our listenership enjoys hearing about and uh, taking the show in different directions, trying different things, like a guy that's home alone trying on his mom's pair of pants one day. You know, you just want to see what's going on down there. You realize maybe not much. We'll go a different direction. But uh, we love to hear about that. Um, so please tweet us let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you think of the new Star Wars, too. I think we should uh, do some kind of build-up starting on Monday of um, – you know, poking qu- basically just a shameless way to capitalize off the popularity to get some more followers, but but to get your thoughts. Should we try to get Brett to come on the show and review Star Wars like Monday, the Monday after the weekend it comes out? I'm That'd guessing he's seeing it opening night, so I'll I'll I am I am him right now. You should I'm IMDb on. him and give him some movie credits. He started The Shining. Yeah, we should. I think. I think Star Wars, as monumental as that'll be, the respect uh, we should give it, and also to have Brett on to, to give a review. Yeah, Star What's Wars the connection show. with Brett? Is he a, is he a Floridian? As so the, the first job that I got down here, um, a friend of a friend, got me a job down here selling fish oil pills. And yeah. Brett's, Brett's brother was like the vice president. And Brett was just a salesperson, same thing I was. And we just got along, and I, he I, he told me at, at some point, I found out he had like 6,000 DVDs, like movies. <laughs> wow. It's like, whoa, man, this is an amazing porno collection. He's a cinephile. 
Yes, he loves it. And so that's, you know, we, that's how we stayed friends. It's awesome. And, you know, I don't work there anymore. I think he actually, uh, well, we'll get into it when we have him on the show. He's an interesting guy, interesting life. I'm going to text him right now. Hey, buddy, Star Wars show review live. Uh, I'm going to say possibly. That'll be funny if he never watched movies. It was all big front. Like you go to his house and there's one VHS copy of Turner and Hooch. And you're like, well, how is it? He goes, I don't know. Never saw it. Yeah. Never saw it. Want to play Pong? Want to play Pong? Ping Pong? No, no, the Atari game, Pong. Uh, Okay. Possibly the Monday after The False Awakens. I got drunk last Saturday, and I started putting things on uh, Craigslist that I shouldn't have just to see how much they were worth and I could get for them. So I downloaded Wallapop. And I was like, oh, I'll put, I put like a guitar up there, like an antique, a TV. I was like, I want to see how much people will give me. And uh, I didn't get any hits, but I put, I actually put one real one up that I really wanted to sell, and it's a, a microphone for a, a camera and I put the wrong model in there and the model I put was like a really good expensive model and I only listed this one which was kind of shitty for 40 bucks so I got like a thousand offers and I'm like you still got it I'm like no but I do have this alternative model and they're like no 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 that's not that's not it that is misleading that is a, a very oh, bad shit. bait and switch oh shit everybody has this one no one wants it so, yeah. All right, man, you want to put this one in the W column this evening? Yes, but did you hear that Norman Reedus got bit by a fan? No. Yeah, he was at some sort of thing and, uh, you know, fan thing where he has to show up and sign autographs and take pictures. And somebody bit him. Oh my gosh. Not a walker, just a, a regular human. What did he do? I don't know. I can't find the story. Reedus. The Boondock Saints. I know. It's funny. People go, he was just a model. I'm like, yo, he was in Boondock Saints in that movie. Just a model? Yeah. He was in the cult classic. Yeah. He was good in that, too. Did a really good job. He's great. Oh, he posted a picture of it on Instagram of a female fan bit him. Oh, no way. Really? Uh. Yeah. I think I unfollowed him on Instagram. He was spamming me. He was trying to get you to watch Walking Dead. He's like, John, can you please check it out? Wanted to be. In, he wanted me to be in the show. You're like, he said something about wanted to be on the podcastle. I just I blocked him. I don't know. Is he Redis underscore Norman? Uh, I just closed it out. Big bald head. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rack it up. W Rack it column, up, pack it up, shit. stack it up against the gate. The homies trying to catch me, but they can't wait. I, I wrote a rap song with Dave Cicero in seventh grade about your Dave cousin. Dave Cicero, man, he was a funny motherfucker. He was a funny dude. He was Him and cool. I wrote a rap song so about weird. I mean... He was... He was, was weird. Like, great weird. Like, I just yeah. I him all the time. Like, he was just so bizarre and funny. And I remember in second grade when I decided, you know what? I like second grade a lot, and I'm going to do it again. I became friends with him kind of quickly. 
and uh, I don't know whatever happened to him. Yeah, I, you know what? I had I was like chubby with him when we played football together, like in school, mm-hmm. and then I went to a different yeah. school, and coincidentally, I became really good friends with this guy up the street named Brad, and Dave was like good friends with him, and uh, so I got introduced back into Cicero's circle, and oh. it was funny. He was I was over at this guy Brad's house, and we were having like a sleepover or something. And Cicero's dad <laughs> dropped him off, and I was like making some kind of joke or doing something stupid. But I was on this Mr. kid's Mr. couch. Rob. I was on this like kid's couch, like jumping around, like rap. I was doing something stupid. I was like fifteen, Caught and him. Cicero comes in. I haven't seen him in like a long time, and he goes, "Hey, my dad just dropped me off." And he goes, "Ha, huh, it's Matt Clark, still crazy as ever." And I was like, <laughs> "So the Mr. Cicero drops off Dave, and he just sees me for the first time in like." Yeah, I don't know, six years, and I'm like yeah. jumping on the couch, like I was oh, doing something. Yeah. Time has not changed. But we we were in a class together in seventh grade with Rich Hassinger, and we wrote a song about because. him. And Rich Hassinger was always such a good sport with our bullshit. But like Rich, Rich we wrote a song about you. I'd be like, that's great. And uh, here's the song. It went like this. My name is Rich Hassinger, I live in the hood. Me and my homies, we eat lots of food. We love cheese steaks and we love cheese fries. Me and my homies, all real cool guys. <laughs> and Rich was a good sport. And I like to. It's not like you were mean. What's that? It's not like you were mean. Oh, no, no, yeah, it wasn't mean. But there was this other kid, and this is funny. His name was Dominic Peretta. And he was like one of these troublemaker kids. Like he was in like a halfway home, like a bad boy sounds, home. That, that name sounds familiar. Like you shouldn't mess with him. Yeah, like he was like a piece of shit. Yeah, and he, like he was—he's probably in jail or dead now. Like one of those kids. Like Douche. there's no future. But right. Cicero and I wrote a song about him, and he was a little fat kid that was such a badass. Like he would always be like, "Well, fuck you, teacher." He'd be like, "Oh, oh God!" You're, you're, he looked like a little Buddha. But anyway, here's the song. This let me hear with me for a second. Do it. It went like this. I like to rob banks. My name is Domino Peretta. Walked into the bank with a loaded Beretta. A rat-a-tat-tat. Start firing off caps. By the time I was done, they had holes in their back. One man down on the floor says, finish me off. I can't take no more. So my deed is done. I blow the joint. Hop into my roadster store. Count my coins. I have to rob banks to make lots of money. To buy me jelly. To fill my fat belly. If you rub my belly, I'll give a little giggle. Some say I look like a little tiny pig. I'll give you something better if you ask. You see, I'm on restrictions. So don't give me a pass. Go to Chunk's Yard and get myself some soy. Some say I look like the Buddha boy. What? And that's a word for word. Dude, it's like that song from seventh grade. Remember that. And there was one more. It's really quick. But the first time I ever tried a cigarette was with Cicero and like a few other kids. And we wrote a rap about it, Dave, and myself. And it went like this. We've been here before. Jared blazed up a smoke. Man, it was huge. Man, no joke. We lit it up and took a puff. Looked to the right. Policeman cuffed, and that was it. Because we thought it was so bad that we had tried, like we would get handcuffed if a cop saw us. <laughs> I was shitting my pants. I was like, "Are they helicopters at the reservoir?" Dude, we um, me and crazy. Dewitt, me and Dewitt wrote a rap about the drive from, like you know, Chalfont to Penn State, where you drive through like the Appalachian Mountains and like absolute nothingness in Pennsylvania. You know, central Pennsylvania. The song oh, yeah. is called CPA. 
Let's have it. <clears throat> All right. Do you need a beatbox or are you good? So it's like, it's, no, it's, I, I got it. So it's like when you, you come home for like Easter break, you know, and it's like a four hour drive. So right, here we go. As quick as you're back from that four hour track, we're on our way back through the CPA where they all do crack. Before that, let's stop at Wawa. Why don't we just move to Mount Carmel? Uh-uh. <laughs> now, you know, that's a joke because I don't want to die from doing too much coke. <laughs> I can't remember it's awesome. it. Let's lay some beats down and do a rap session. There's way more. I don't want to die from doing too much coke. Now let's pile in the Civic, light up that big blunt and hit it. Uh, forgot to get gas, but the gas station we just passed. And Lauren tells me <laughs> I'm driving too fast. Back up off that car, you're riding his ass. So I slow down to 40 and snack on my Wawa shorty. Or is it DeWitt's classic? He didn't give me a bite, so he got his ass kicked. Racing around with these three cr- clowns, we just passed through Quaker Town. Just past the intersection, there's Fridays. Working there was interesting. But now we go to PSU. So here's a big fuck you, because you don't know about the most boring drive of all. A limo SUV service is what we should call. A guy with four teeth is what I saw. But when we're on the turnpike, we burn like Chi Chen Chong all four hours long. We play our favorite Eminem song. I wish we brought the bong. But it's but we didn't, so DeWitt tells us to keep it down. Don't fuck around. What's that sound? John, is anything behind us? The cops are trying to find us. I think I hear a siren. Relax, DeWitt. Sit back and get high. And then it would cut in. That's awesome. And let It's like eight mile style, man. That's great. Yeah, man. We like recorded it. I gotta find that CD. Oh, find it for the love of Scotland. Find it. Because there's two other parts to it, DeWitt's part, and, and then we go back and forth like oh red and Oh, my gosh. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. You gotta, we, we, should, we, should, we should lay some beats down one of these days and do, do a podcast all right. During the eight-mile days, I got real inspired to like yeah. write lyrics. I was like rhyming everything in my head. Like I'd walk around and just say, oh, the tree is, smells like pee, and there's three. Like you know? <laughs> it's fun, man. Freestyling rap, like just doing a freestyle. Yeah. Doesn't intimidate me all because it's more of like yeah, it's a fun like that. lesson like an exercise. Yeah. You know, like I don't take it I couldn't Work take it back. seriously. Like a white guy looking like me, like there's no way I could take that seriously. It's more of like, oh how quick can the ADD like keep up with the next yeah, line? Right. And then yeah. you're like it's self like uh it's congratulatory. You're like, that's awesome. Yeah, you're like I found it. How would I rhyme this? Let's lay down a, a, a podcast rap. I'm going to bring up a freestyle beat right here. Oh, I can't freestyle. You can't after a couple more blots in your lungs. <laughs> Actually, no, then no, you really I can't. Could. I can write it. I can't do it like freestyle. Like that was all written that I just did. That was really good, man. That was a really good memory, too. You know, like you got to like wind up like double dutch you gotta like go okay and then you hit like a you, you, you know you just remember like a nice tongue. roast beef dipped in horseradish it winds your tongues up horseradish oh. all right i think we put this one in the old w Kyle. do it w do it. all right everybody this is uh 
been very fun. Thank you. Join us very soon with Michael Piscardi. Tweet us at the podcastle at the underscore podcastle. From all of us here, we love you. I am Matthew Clark saying goodnight. See ya. And Godspeed.